Tagovailoa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Cologne looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one! Deep left field! That goes Upton! Back near the wall! It's out of here! <laughs> Bartolo has done it! There's only one word that comes to mind. Greatness. What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. We, uh, it's Wednesday, we're in full swing, got college football, first weekend of the SEC uh, this past weekend, NFL, week three, a um, lot less injuries, that was good to see. Uh, I think I'm going to make this a weekly thing, um, doing a little predictions for the next week, going back last week, looking at some football storylines entirely. Um, and today, last week, we had uh, Jacob Duncan on here. Today, um, all the way from North Carolina, Mr. Chris Mullen. Chris, how are you doing? Uh, great. How are you? I'm hanging in there. See, my guy Chris, he has the whole, uh, I guess this is this is only an audio podcast, but he's all uh, dripped out, has the mic. He's getting ready to launch his own podcast soon, yeah? A little Jets podcast? Uh, yeah, first episode should go out. Um... Friday morning or Friday afternoon, depending on how the Gase news goes after that game. So, um, <laughs> depending on how that news goes, we'll get the podcast out by Friday. That sounds great. I'll, uh, I'll link that on the description um, of this episode, but we'll get into it. Um, I'll start off just kind of a quick overview of the games this past weekend. Um, start off in college. Um, I'll just go, there were a lot of great college games. I'll just go through some of the ranked games. Alabama handled Missouri 38-19. Uh, Louisiana just squeaked by Georgia Southern. Big field goal, uh, 2018. Kansas State, 38-35 upset of the Oklahoma Sooners. Um, Georgia pulled away late against Arkansas, 37-10. Florida dismantled the Ole Miss defense, 51-35. Mississippi State took down the reigning champs, 44-34 in Death Valley. Auburn pulled away from Kentucky, 29-13. Texas battled back in overtime, but they did beat Texas Tech, 63-56. Texas A&M won uh, a boring one against Vanderbilt, only beat them by five. Uh, nonetheless, Aggies prevailed. Miami dominated Florida State, which raises the question, is the U back? We will talk on that in a little bit. Uh, UCF, offense keeps humming. Dylan Gabriel's been incredible. Big win over Eastern Carolina. Cincinnati held strong over Army. Oklahoma State took down West Virginia. Tennessee just barely, four-point margin, was able to get by South Carolina. BYU dominated Troy at home. Virginia Tech blew out an NC State team that looked pretty good offensively last week. And my darling Louisville Cardinal lost to Pitt by three. Um, that's college football. A uh, quick run through. Or actually, no, let, let's get into talking about college football. I feel like that mean, that's a little more... Um, Synchronous. So what are some of your takeaways from this past week of college football as well as just the season in general? I think Clemson as a team has to worry about Miami. And I think Miami has shown after two weeks, you know, week one, everyone's like, okay, you know, it's week one, it happens. You'll see a big game. They come back and dominate week two and not just like a win against a bad team. Yeah, of course, it's not great anymore. They've kind of lost their power um, since um, Winston, that time period. But they just look dominant. I mean, Miami hasn't a QB like King since I can't remember. But Brad Kaya wasn't even that good when he was there. Oh, they yeah, they've been they've been uh, riddled with mediocrity for quite a bit. 
So I think for that team to have a good quarterback and then also have some good pieces like Quincy Roche, um, it's just I if I'm Clemson and I'm Dabble Sweeney, that's the game I'm looking at. Malka Notre Dame, although they are a good team, I'm worried about Miami just having that energy going into that game as underdogs and then just taking over that game. But I think either way, Clemson will handle that conference, but I would be worried about Miami. Totally. That's what I, that was my first one. I don't know if I'm going to specify it as the U is back, but I will say the U right now is legit. First week, we didn't see much. That Louisville game, they looked really good. Um, you know, I think most people, it's fair to say they wanted to see it against Florida State. And you said at Florida State, I mean, not. Florida State hasn't been great. Miami, you said they haven't had a quarterback like Derek King in quite a bit. I don't know who the last guy was. And they just absolutely dominated the Seminoles. Again, Seminoles might not be an incredible team, but nonetheless, that was, I mean, it was never in doubt. Miami dominated, you know, from the beginning of the game. It was, what, 38-3 at halftime, something like that? And, I mean, I don't know. I predicted that, but ultimately with a team like Miami that's been so erratic, um, you know, are they back? Are they not back? They have a couple good game stretch. Then they get blown out by a bunch of guys. They, they are very good. And I think they are definitely the second-best team in the ACC. I agree with you. I don't think Notre Dame's a bad team, but I just think this Miami team is better. I think they have the star power. I think their defense is menacing. I uh, could only imagine if uh, Gregory Roussel didn't opt out. But they look really good. They look really, really good. I don't know if they'll quite be able to take down Clemson, but I, I agree, second-best team in the ACC. I think it's a good thing for their program. I mean, even if they don't do like much this season, it sets them up for recruiting. It takes one good season, one bounce back season. Because to be fair, Miami's been always been a hot spot for recruiting. Recruits always love to go to Miami. It's the city. It's the the great college, great campus, um, great history. And do they finally have the pieces in place where they can say, now we're actually a legit football team too? I I wouldn't be surprised in the next two three years to see a massive income of high value recruits coming to miami and starting something like they thought they had i think two years ago that 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 it factor team and they crumbled apart at the after the mid part of the season but they can finally have an it power team and actually keep it because they have the pieces and they have the history now where a quarterback can say if De'Aaron king can do it so can i and they can come in and, and build that role unlike getting like a three-star four-star quarterback that won't do much yeah, and that's the thing about a program like Miami, you hit on it. It's always gonna they're always gonna recruit decently just because they're the U. They're at a you know, it's a big spot in Florida. They're always gonna be recruit pretty well. It's never been a talent thing, but you're right. When you see this team having success, when you possibly I assuming the success that likely comes with the stability at head coach, even better guys are gonna come. Because ultimately Florida, yeah, they're able to keep, uh, or like in the state of Florida, Miami's able to keep some of their own, but they have to compete with the likes of Florida, the likes of some of these other SEC teams, or not other, SEC teams such as LSU, Georgia, Alabama. It's really, I mean, it's simple. They win, more program success. It's, um, that's what it is for me. SEC-wise, though, I my other two um, college football takeaways I did. I had Mississippi State beating LSU, but I don't know if many saw it coming as much as I did. This LSU team, I don't think they're a bad team. I still think they're a solid team, but many were naive to the fact that LSU was losing almost every single big contributor offensively at skill positions on the line. 
Um, defensively, they weren't even a great unit last year, and then they were missing their top player. I guess most predictions this wasn't factored in. They didn't have Derek Stingley. This LSU team is just a tick below, and I think they'll definitely win some games. The, like, they'll be able to upset a team like an Auburn, a Georgia, maybe an Alabama. Um, they'll get one of them, but it's clear they're not on par with last year's team. But on the flip side, you got to give credit to Mississippi State. Um, people had questions about how Mike Leach and the air raid offense would figure into the SEC. And, I mean, it looked pretty good to me. K.J. Costello broke the SEC passing record, 623 yards, five touchdowns, turned it over a little bit. But you're going to get that with this kind of offense. They had three receivers over 100 yards. That's ridiculous. And you can say, yeah, well, if Stingley's there, it's a different game. Stingley can't stop three receivers. So, I mean, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. And then... Maybe it doesn't, int- I mean, the box score doesn't give him a great game, but watching Miles Brennan, it was his first game, but he looked bad. He was not, he made a couple decent throws, but overall, he was missing some pretty elementary throws. And I don't even know. Yes, it's the first game. They just won a national championship, but he was playing in Death Valley against what I don't consider a great defensive team in Mississippi State. And although they, you know, have lost a lot of their talent, uh, a lot of their production, it's not for lack of talent. So I didn't love what I saw from Miles Brennan. Um, time to improve, but definitely not the start I saw coming. Yeah, I would agree. I would say he just didn't look. He just didn't look comfortable. I mean, I was watching the game. That's the game I had on. I mean, there were so many good games, like you like you mentioned earlier. But I was watching him in the pocket. And he was just—he was rigid. He was standing up straight. He was not comfortable when he rolled out. He was his footwork was off. He's not a bad quarterback. I think he'll rebound in the middle of the end of the season. I think he'll show that he can be a good quarterback. NFL level, no. Um, but he'll be a good quarterback. I think he just got rattled. And I—I I mean, Mississippi State put on a show. KJ Costello put on a show. Now, do I think he's an NFL quarterback? No. Do you want to know why? At, um, I believe he came from Stanford, correct? Costello, yeah. Yeah, he didn't do much at Stanford. Like I was, I watched him at Stanford. He, I don't know if he's a grad transfer or not, but I believe he's a junior or a senior. I think I think he graduated as a tran or he transferred yeah. as a graduate last year. He only played in like three games. He had he had a back injury, I believe. Yeah, he he's been injured. He he didn't look great. I think Mike Leach Mike Leach is often to the testament to the college football game because he runs around ten to twenty plays and he sticks with that. And he just runs through them, and they work. And also, why I don't think Mike Leach is an NFL coach. I don't know. Like, people think his offense is, like, so great. It is at the college level because you can repeat plays. And as talented as LSU can be or talented as other teams can be, it's hard to just make that adjustment with such young kids. So I don't think they're a great college team. Like, some would say, like, for example, Dan Mullen would be a good – NFL coach, because he's a good offensive mind. Yes, they're a different kind of offensive mind. So I would say Mississippi State's going to be a good team, an eight-win team, possibly a nine-ten-win team. But they're not going to be – no NFL team to look at that and be like, let's let's look at guys like a quarterback or the coach. Now the running back, Hill – He's a stud. He looked look like Kamar out there. He Yeah, I mean, he, he's not – he knows he's not going to be getting a lot of carries in that offense. But it's kind of like – I don't know if you watch a lot of the Pac-12. The way Max Borgie played last year – um, he was incredible running back, great receiving threat, but he's not close to as talented as Kylan Hill is. 
So if he's out there getting those touches, he just needs the ball in space. And with the way Mike Leach draws it up, just because it's a pass-first offense does not mean he doesn't use his running back. So he, he looked incredible. It was fun to see. Yeah, I think he's definitely running back too for the draft. And that's like, Alabama's running back is great. I think he's a B-Tech Derrick Henry. And no one can touch Travis Etienne this year. He's just a different kind of player, a generational player, if you will, because he's just so talented in different ways. Kylan Hill is definitely a strong running back two candidate. Yeah, he's definitely up there. Then my last takeaway, sticking with the SEC, uh, Texas a and So it's been a couple years back and forth with Jimbo Fisher here. They've been super hyped up. You know, they've played some brutal schedules, had some successes, had some struggles. They open up the year, and, I mean, look, I, I gave myself a pat on the back on the last two, and I'm, I'm going to do it again. I saw them, you know, struggling a little bit with Vanderbilt because, they, I mean, they had a bunch of their top players opt out, and I ultimately just question how great of a team this actually is. Uh, Spiller, he's a solid running back, and I think Helen Mond is good. But this doesn't this doesn't look like a great team to me, and I, I'll be honest. I only watched snippets of it, but it's very telling that you you only beat such an awful team like Vanderbilt by five, and it feels like we've been waiting forever for Kellen Mond to take the next step, and maybe he will. But if he's not doing that against Vanderbilt, he put up a thirty two point two QBR. It was 17-28, 189 yards and one touchdown. How are we supposed to trust him next week against, Al- or I suppose this week, against Alabama? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not on that Texas A&M train. For Kellen Mond, I think the key to his success and any success Texas A&M is him being consistent. If he's consistent, they have a shot. Because a consistent Kellen Mond is one of the best quarterbacks in college football, and we've seen that. The issue I have, I think we'll bring this up for the NFL later, you are not going to win games. You are not consistent because of the a lack of consistency means defenses, one mistake, it's kind of over when you play Alabama. You cannot make mistakes. And I'm a, personally, I'm a big fan of Texas A&M. I'm, I'm more of a, I cheer for them. I think they have a shot. Do I think they'll win? No, but they have a shot. And I think they have to hit on all cylinders. Offense has to be lights out. Defense, they have to hold their own, but they don't have to do it all. I think it's going to rely on Kelamon here. Um, I think this, the consistency is the biggest thing for him. If, if they want to win the game, the key to their game is consistency. And especially this year, uh, I mean, I take it they're allowing some form of capacity, but they won't have the same kind of 12th man, which has been a big thing at College Station. I don't know. They, they can do it. but it's de- And I think Jimbo's a plenty fine coach, but the way this team has been, the way Kellen Mond has played, I just I need them to I need them to show it. I it's hard for me to instill specific faith when they have to play a juggernaut like Alabama when they're gonna have to face these big SEC teams. So those were my takeaways. Um, feel free to add. Um, I mean, there was it was great. There was so much college football. I woke up, had two games on my computer, had a game up on the TV. It's I mean it's incredible. This is it's so unprecedented. But you have. MLB playoffs starting these days. We have the NBA Finals tonight, I guess. You know, when you're listening to this, it might be last night. Um, so so much, so much sports, so much everywhere. Um, it's a cluster, but I love it. Yeah, I think it's it's just re- refreshing for it to be back. I mean, we've had so much uncertainty and so much chaos. It's good to see just 
You can wake up on Saturday morning and you can watch some football. You can wake up on Sunday morning and you can watch some football. Um, it's just it's refreshing to see. One takeaway I did have, and um, it's more of a coach on the hot seat, it's Will Muschamp for South Carolina. Now, they did keep it close, but for you to come out with all that time, you had an extra time to prepare, you had an extra spring training, and then you come in on special teams and you get the ball bounce off your leg and you're not fixing the ball. Wait, by the way, the Zap player did not have to be even near the play. It was, they didn't have to pick it up. They had to touch it. He, he goes to the play, turns around and walks backwards, not paying attention. Ah, you got to put that on the coach there. That's just, it's just bad. And they, they lost a the game they should have won. So I would say the biggest takeaway from that game is Will Muschamp is coaching for his career. Yeah, I've never really gotten the Will Muschamp hype. Like, I feel like he's won a couple games to skim by, but he's really never been anything great. Like, I don't, I don't know. The South, these South Carolina teams, I feel like you've been kind of sneaky, talented. People don't realize it, and they've just been he, they've just been mediocre. I said it. He gets by every year. He has one pretty decent win and win, and they keep going on. I get it. The SEC is tough, but that doesn't mean you gotta keep sticking with mediocrity. They had I, I, Adam Gase. It's ah well, Adam Gase. I mean, was just entire entirely awful. But I, I mean, we can definitely deep dive into that, and I know you'll deep dive into that when your podcast launches. I don't wa- watch a lot of the South Carolina game. I'll be honest. How did uh, I know they they started the Colorado State transfer over Ryan Helensky? How did he look? Um, I think it's yeah, I believe it's Colin Hill. Yeah. Um, that, South Carolina is my team, so that's I do know a little about that game more. I watched that game that night. Um. He looked poised, and I when I say poised, he was stiff, but he wasn't just like sitting back there scared to move. He knew what he had to do. I think he just did what he had to do, and nothing extra. His arm is probably one of the strongest arms I've ever seen. The way he puts so much spin and whip on the ball, it's like there in a second, and he looks like he's not even trying. I think something for him he needs to do is to do more, because his coach is not going to do it for him. So I think Colin Hill needs to take it in his hands and say, look, I've had three ACL tears. I'm on my last year. If I'm going to do anything with football, this seems to be my year and take it into his hands and go with it because him being commanding leader for that team will mean so much because Will Muschamp's not going to lead that team. He's not going to be a leader for them per se. And, that's, and to he, yeah. make up for their flaws, he has to play good. That's what ultimately, what does he have to That's the whole concept of, of a team like South Carolina that's not a heavyweight. This is going to be his last year. He's not, I mean, he's not going to, I don't think he'll amount to, mu- amount to much or even really have any sort of opportunity in the pros. Will Muschamp's coaching for his job. No reason, you, you got to go out firing, give yourself a chance, put yourself on the line. What do you have to lose? Play, play the game you love unapologetically. Yeah, I agree. Who did look good was the sophomore running back that was, Backing up the running back that was out today, he looked very good. He was powering through runs, trucking people. He was got a touchdown, I believe. He looked very good. I think they have to do a split back system after that performance because he just looked very good. And I think if they can spread their running backs out and get him more in the receiving game, it'll help Colin Hill a lot. Do I think Will Muschamp will do that? No. Um, but it's just interesting to see what they can do because they're they're a pretty talented team. Their corners, their number one and two corner, are NFL draft bound, first and second round picks. Yeah, easily. what J J C what what's his name J C Horn, and then the uh, other is, one is, out that Israel game. Israel Israel. Yeah, 
something like that. Yeah. He was out that game with an undisclosed injury at the time. So no one knew why he wasn't playing at the time, which is odd because your best corner, your best player, probably in your team should probably know why he's out. Um, but I think they're a talented team that they can do a lot, like upset some teams, but they just have to play to their full potential. Yeah. Well said. All right, that's that's enough breakdown. We'll get into the picks. Um, just an overview for those wondering. My college football record through two weeks. First week I didn't uh I didn't there weren't many games I picked from last week. Had a big slate with uh, Duncan. Uh, overall, I'm 16 and 10. Uh, I'm going to accumulate. I, I didn't get a text back. I didn't take close enough notes on Jacob's pick last week. I'm going to keep tabs of my um, of my guest picks, but I don't have those right now. Nonetheless, we'll hop into it. Uh, first game, your beloved South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, head to the swamp against number three Florida, seventeen and a half point favorites. Who's your outright pick? Oh, Florida in dominant fashion. I think Kyle Trask is gonna have another big game. Uh, Pitt's gonna have another big game. I think Kyle Trask. This is the game where we can say, look, I'm a, I'm the top three quarterback in the NFL draft. I'm top four, top five. I think he can stick in the second round if he has another big performance because he has all the tools. So I think this is the game where Kyle Trask another coming out party for him, and I think they're gonna blow him out. I yeah, I'm with you. Um I put it on paper. I think South Carolina maybe puts up a little fight for a little bit. Uh Florida thirty four seventeen in the end. Kyle Trask is great. I really like the guy. I said from the onset I did quarterback rankings in the middle of the pandemic. Um because I saw some awful lists, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna throw one up on my own. There were plenty of mistakes I made, but the one thing I think I definitely got right was that Kyle Trask is the best quarterback in the SEC. Last year, we didn't necessarily see him. You know, I don't think they asked him to be the it guy. Nonetheless, he performed great in big games. And then, yeah, it, was, it wasn't necessarily, a, you know, a gauntlet of a defense in Ole Miss, but he totally showed out. Um, and I, I expect that continue. Um, I really like Florida going forward. So Gators uh, by 17. So fun tidbit, if you're going to bet on it and you really trust me, uh, I have them losing by 17, line 17 and a half, so take that as you will. Um, next game, Texas Christian University head to, what is it, Daryl K. Royal, something like that? Is that Texas Stadium? Um, Texas A&M plays Alabama. No, no, Texas. Oh, Texas plays Texas, Texas Christian, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I'm trying to, what's, it has like, uh... What's the here? I'm looking this up. I was saying this. The, the mascot? No, the name. The name of the, fr- the name of the stadium. Oh, I don't know. I yeah, it's like Daryl K. Royal. Okay, whatever. <laughs> that, that was totally off topic. TCU and Texas, number nine, Texas. Texas twelve point favorite. What are you thinking? I think it'll be close because Texas defense did not show up. Um, I do have Texas because I think. Sam Ellinger is that guy. Um, again, I don't think he'll translate to the NFL very well, but he is that guy. Um, and he's shown it. It's been a weird Texas QB battle for the past four or five years. They've had a weird, weird QB room. And I think Ellinger finally saying he's the guy and taking control of that role and just sticking with it, I think it's been so good for that program. So I know they had it close against Texas Tech, and they're a great offense, but I think they'll take control and, and convincingly win against TCU. 
Yeah, that's what I remember a couple years ago when they played Notre Dame in the opener. And I, th- I think it was Ell- Ellinger along with Shane Bouchelle that were rotating. Yeah, was it Ellinger? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so they were rotating, and I remember uh, B- me and my friend were watching it. Bouchelle threw a perfect dime piece, like, right over the shoulder. And for the next couple weeks, whenever we'd, like, be playing, like, tossing around the football, and if we made a nice throw over the shoulder, we'd call it the Bouchelle, uh, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, I got... Texas as well. I think the Texas defense bounces back a little bit. Um, I know it's a Big 12 team, so you're, like, obligated to be decent on offense. But I think Texas is going to be able to slow down TCU just a bit. Um, I don't know if – I don't know. I feel like this is – it's kind of a weird game for me. Following that absolute shootout, I think it's maybe a little less high scoring, but I ultimately have Texas have it at 28-13. to 13. Uh, next, uh, Missouri just got trounced by Alabama. Tennessee, uh, number 21, escaped against the Gamecocks. They're 11.5-point favorites. What are you thinking? I think Tennessee wins. I think as long as Guarantano, the quarterback for Tennessee, just plays conservative, he does his job, he's consistent. Another quarterback that needs consistency, um, I think they'll be fine. I think their coach got really mad at them uh, for that close game against South Carolina, so I think they're... They've been roughed up over the week, and I think they'll be fine against Missouri, and they'll have a convincing win because Missouri's just not a good team. I'm I'm with you in that they win. I think Missouri gives them a little bit of a scare, though. Um, I don't think Missouri's necessarily very good, but you said it, Jaron Garantano. Yes, it's another year. Maybe we move forward, but he's inconsistent. So I have Tennessee taking the win, but a close one, 20-16 Vols. Um, next, ACC, North Carolina State. Um, and number 24, Pitt. Pitt is a two-touchdown favorite. Uh, go ahead. If North Carolina goes 0-3, I find it hard for the coach to come back because I know he's on the hot seat last year. I have Pitt winning because I think Pitt's a good football team this year. I think if State wants to win, their quarterback needs to be consistent because you can't go from a shootout from Wake Forest to just getting trounced down by Virginia Tech, who had, I believe it was 32 players out. Because of COVID-19. Virginia, so, they were decimated, that's for sure. Yeah. They're starting quarterback out. I mean, how do you lose that badly to a team that, that badly destroyed by COVID? So, if they have any shot of regaining the season, they need to beat Pitt. I don't have it. I think Pitt wins um, by around 10-14, but it's not looking good for State. I mean, I'm I'm totally with you. So, what I did note is, so in that opener, they played that shootout, but it was Bailey Hawkman who started... Um, he was, I guess, the more primary starter last year and what was an unfortunate year for State. Um, and then I was talking with someone about it. So Devin Leary came in at the end of the blowout versus Virginia Tech. He was – everyone expected him to start. Um, but he had uh, – he's a sophomore, by the way. I didn't mention that. Um, he, he had COVID or had some form of contact tracing, so he missed a lot of camp. Um, and really, they said he barely knew the playbook, but then he ended up showing out pretty well, 12 of 1,665 yards, one touchdown, so that's a bit of a wild card, maybe he can play up, but ultimately, that Pitt defense looked good. Um, I don't, I don't know how much Pitt can, you know, hang around with the likes of a Notre Dame, Miami, or Clemson, but I think they handle NC State, I have them by 13, 30 to 17. Um... The other, well, I guess there are many, but um, North Carolina State rival, number 12, North Carolina, 
uh, is a two-touchdown favorite going to Boston College. Yeah, so this is my first upset. Um, I do have Boston College winning this one in a tight, tight game. I think Boston College defense has looked really good. Uh, their edge pressure has been great. They've held good teams defensively. Um, they decimated Duke. And now I'm not saying North Carolina's a bad team. I think they're a good team. I think they need like one or two more years to be truly a good, good team. Um, I think the quarterback for Boston College has done a great job. Um, Jerkovic, he's been great. He has done a great job for them. And they've needed that. They haven't had a really good QB play for a while. So um, I have Boston College in a close shootout. It's going to be a, a low-scoring game. Um, but, yeah, I think Boston College can get it done here and show the – the college football realm that they're here to stay. I've heard a little bit of the hype around, uh, what is it, Jerkovic? Um, I didn't quite have the stones to go as far as you, but I agree in the principle that I think North Carolina is a good team, but I, I just still don't. I think a lot of the off-season hype um, brought people to the conclusion that they're on the same level as the likes of Clemson, Notre Dame, and then what we now consider Miami to be on. I just don't think they're quite there, but... I, I have them taking a close one, Boston College, or taking a close one over Boston College, I should say. Uh, North Carolina 30, Boston College 25. Um, little group of five action, South Florida goes to number 15, Cincinnati, 22-point favorites. Upset by any chance? Oh, uh, no, South Florida's <laughs> not good at football. Um, they're just one of those teams. They're just, they're just not good at football right now. I think Cincinnati cleans up. This is not a problem. Yeah. I, they're just not going to football right now. That's what you, uh, USF, that one year. I think that I, I know there was that one year they had, um, what is it, Quentin Flowers. They had that great game against UCF. It was Quentin Flowers and, like, Mackenzie Milton. That was fun. Uh, Blake Barnett, who was the big five-star that started Alabama before Jalen Hurts took over. Uh, he transferred to ASU and then to USF, but I mean, I was just stalling for time. I have nothing more to say about this. Cincinnati big, 56-24, Bearcats. Uh, next, got Oklahoma State, number 17, three-touchdown favorite over the Kansas Jayhawks. I think Kansas, like, like South Florida, wouldn't beat an FCS team right now. Kansas is not a good they, football they, team. Correction, they didn't beat an FCS team. They <laughs> lost to Coastal Carolina. <laughs> they're just not a good football team. Um, Dominated by Coastal Carolina. <laughs> yeah, they're just uh, sick of basketball, like Baker Mayfield said. Um, Oklahoma State's a big game for their two recruits. Um, Wallace and Chuba Hubbard, they need to play good. Their draft stock has fallen as of the past two weeks. Chuba's not been the player we saw last year, and Wallace has not been the dominant player we saw last year. So I think to get them back into that first round, second round, possibly third round talent, um, Chuba might slide to the third round. That's that's the part. They need to have a good game and, and show out against a team that just does not deserve to be on the same field as them. Have we heard any updates on Spencer Sanders? Um, I didn't see any. I didn't. I didn't see anything. So I'm gonna assume that it's the freshman. I believe it's Ellingworth. Ellingworth. Correct me if I'm wrong. And he um, did go when he came in. Yeah. Um, ultimately it boils down, Kansas isn't a good team, and Chuba hasn't quite been as explosive this year, but, I mean, it's against Kansas, I think he'll do good. Tyler Wallace, I, I am a big fan of his. Um, hopefully, I mean, I want Puka to burst a couple runs, but Oklahoma State, 38-24. 
Uh, let's see. Probably the game of the... Well, there are two very good games in the yeah. SEC. I, I take it back. I would say the second best game of the week. It's one that we've alluded to. Uh, number 13, Texas A&M Aggies. Go to Bryant-Denny Stadium to face number two, Alabama. Alabama, 17-point favorite. Go ahead. I don't agree with the line. I think it should be within 14. I think it'll be a fun game to watch. I think it'll be an explosive game. I think there'll be times where you think Texas going to win. I think there'll be times you think Alabama's going to win. I do think Alabama's going to pull away in the bottom of the third or early fourth. And I think Alabama's going to win. Um, I do want to see Devontae Smith for Alabama not stick in the shadows of Jalen Waddle because Jalen Waddle is becoming by far the best receiver on Alabama, possibly in the college football realm. I think Devontae Smith needs to, to show that he's there still because if not, his draft stock is going to plummet. Yeah. Um, I've all been winning, but I, I feel totally different. After, I, I already didn't love Texas A&M coming into the year and them nearly, you know... Playing a close game with the likes of Vanderbilt, I just think Alabama is so much better than them all around. Um, and that quarterback play of Kellen Mond, Kellen Mond hasn't proved anything in big games. I have Alabama massive, 41-13 to 13 domination in Tuscaloosa. And Jalen Waddell, you said he might be. I will tell you, Jalen Waddell and anyone listening, I don't know if anyone listens to this, but Jalen Waddell is the best wide receiver in the country. Watch the guy. All he does is produce. Maybe he, he might not be perfect. You know, I definitely understand why Devontae Smith could be more suitable for the NFL. He's a great guy, great route runner, super clutch. But Jalen Waddle is the most explosive receiver in college football as well as the best. So I'll put that one out there. Um, a really good group of five matchup. Uh, number 25, Memphis. I know they've had some COVID issues. Um, I think SMU has too that alluded to it. Uh, number 25, Memphis, is uh, our three-point favorites uh, going to Southern Methodist. Oh, I have Memphis dominating SMU. I think Memphis is a good football team. I think Kenny Gainwell, the running back, he has flashes where he could be the best running back in college football. I think he's a he's a great talent. I think we're going to third round of the drafts or late second. Um, I think any team who gets him has to scheme him to where he'll be a more of a receiving back than a power back or like or a every down back. I think he needs to be schemed in a way where he'll get the ball in his hands and just go to work. Kinda like Hill from um Mississippi State. I think Matt wins by fourteen. I, I think it's gonna be a close one. Um it's to me it's gonna be a shootout, but ultimately I love Brady White, former Arizona State Sun Devil, didn't really get the perfect opportunity here. Um you have Kenneth Gamewell, he's a stud. SMU you got you still got Shane Bouchelle. Definitely, they, they churn out wide receivers. Um, I ultimately like Memphis. Total shootout, 48-44. All right, next up on the slate, I would say this is the game of the week. The Deep South's oldest rivalry, number seven Auburn, goes to Athens to face off against number four Georgia. Georgia, six and a half point favorites. Game of the week, who do you have, Mullen? I don't know what the committee was thinking about putting Georgia at four because they did not show to be a top four team last week. They were close with Arkansas. Let me repeat that. Number four Georgia was close with Arkansas going into the half. And they pulled away like any good team should. 
but they don't deserve the number four spot. I think Auburn wins this game. I think the, the key it is, again, the young quarterback has to be consistent. Bo Nix has to be consistent. He has to make the easy throws. He has to do what he can to not – kind of what Sam Donald does in the NFL. Don't overuse yourself. Don't do what you have to, but don't do anything after that. Like, you need to work within what needs to be done because if you don't, You'll just have picks that you don't need to have. So I think Bunny has to just work with what he has. I think he can be schemed to where he's a top quarterback. I think Auburn wins this game. I think it shows that Georgia is not what they used to be. I think it's going to be, and sorry for the Georgia pun a little bit, it's going to be a dog fight. I do have the dogs, though, taking it just a little bit. Maybe it's because I'm a Bo Nicks hater. He definitely looked pretty good in the opener, but... This Georgia team, they're talented, and I'm not too concerned about the Arkansas thing. I think there was a lot going on. JT Daniels wasn't cleared. I believe he's cleared now. Dewan Mathis, that I that's I don't think that's what Georgia truly is. Even filling in Stetson Bennett looked very good. I just think they're the better team. I think in that low-scoring dogfight, any mistake is going to be magnified. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me being a Bo Nixator, but I think whether it be Stetson Bennett, whether it be JT Daniels, I, I really like um, the talent they have around. They have Zamir White. They have, I don't remember his first name, but I'm pretty sure uh, it's Dalvin Cook's little brother. They have one of the other best receivers in college football, George Pickens. I just, I just like what Georgia has to offer a little bit more. Um, twenty to eighteen, Georgia. I agree in the sense that I don't think you, I, I don't think Georgia's necessarily a top four team. Um, yeah. Moving on. Um, only have a couple more. Um, Tulsa goes to number eleven, UCF. UCF's twenty one and a half point favorites. Tulsa reminder was the team that gave Oklahoma State a, um, a little scare. But go ahead. I hate for this, but I have Tulsa. And this is my biggest upset of the week. I'm a big believer in Tulsa. I think their defensive backs show they can hang with the best receivers. I mean, Tyler Walls got locked up. He was not effective in that game. Um, and I think UCF, their quarterback, is not consistent. And I don't know if he will get consistent. So I think there's just too many turnovers for UCF to overcome. I think it's a low-scoring game for sure, but I think um, Tulsa wins by three. This one, you and I quite aren't 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 quite on the same page. Dylan Gabriel is, I mean, he's one of the hottest quarterbacks in the country. He's looked phenomenal this year, um, and I hate UCF. I hate I hate UCF just as much as everyone else does. And I agree. I think Tulsa can stick with him for a little bit, but Dylan Gabriel, I just I love him at quarterback. He, you're right. He he was a bit up and down last year, but even this year, he he's just been incredible. So hard for me to pick against UCF. UCF pulls way late, uh, 34-16 nights. Um, SEC, Arkansas goes to number sixteen Mississippi State. They're eighteen point favorites following their big win over LSU. I think this is an oddly big game for Mississippi State. Um, if they can blow Arkansas out of the water, I think the SEC should be afraid. Because if they keep it close, maybe they have like a fluke with LSU. If they can blow them out of the water, I don't know. I, that's a real team then. Um, I think Mississippi State wins in multiple touchdown fashion. With you. I, 
I think maybe, I th- you know, I don't think their defense is perfect, but ultimately they're putting up points. Arkansas is not going to do a lot on you. I have Mississippi State by 20, uh, 37-17. Um, down to our last three, Oklahoma, number 18, coming off. Their upset loss, they're a touchdown favorite against their recent nemesis, Iowa State. Uh, your thoughts? Now, I have an odd take on this. I do think Oklahoma wins, but I don't think this is a battle of players. I think Matt Campbell and Lincoln Riley, they're both NFL quality coaches. I think this is a battle of their wits rather than the players because, look, Oklahoma's obviously more talented. The quarterback has not been great, which is, I expected, I don't think he was that good. I think he was just kind of kind of flashy, kind of out there, but I didn't think he was that good of a quarterback. I think Oklahoma wins, but I think this is the game where Matt Campbell has has to show he's an NFL quarterback, and I think this is the game where Lincoln Riley says, if I'm not staying in the in the college football realm, which I don't think he will actually, because his team just are so talented, but they just never get there. Um, if he wants to leave, this is the game where he says, look look what I can do against another good NFL head coach. So that's where my take on it. Matt, you said Matt Campbell trying to go to the league as a quarterback. Yeah, well, I'm not sure how that one would quite work. But let <laughs> me tell you, <laughs> their quarterback, Brock Purdy, I was super high on going into this year, and he has looked bad. I don't know if you saw that clip um, yeah. this week where he, he, he was getting taken down and he tried to, like, I don't even know what his thought process was. I don't know if he was trying to throw it away, but he threw a backwards pass right to TCU's uh, defender. Like, like, what are the odds? And then he just walked it in for a touchdown. Um, super high on Brock Purdy. He's definitely um, struggled. Same. I think Spencer Rattler is plenty talented, but um, he needs to learn to throw the ball away um, and pick his battles. Ultimately, I think Oklahoma is the better team. I think it's both great coaches. I'd, I'd love to have either of them over Adam Gase. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah, well, that yeah we keep sure. alluding to it. There's going to be a lot about it. We might have to make a whole separate episode for it. Uh, I, I have Oklahoma, though. Oklahoma by 16, 36, 20 Sooners. Um, number 20, LSU. 20-point 20 favorites following their loss. They get the lowly Vanderbilt Commodores. I think LSU's mad. I think Ed Oregon's mad. I, <laughs> I would Oregon? not want to be Vanderbilt if it, right now. That is just, uh, that's just not going to be good. I think LSU wins in an angry fashion. It's not. I I feel bad if I'm on a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman or cornerback for L for Vanderbilt right now because they're going to get decimated because they're angry. Coined uh, Ed Oregon by Chris Mullen. Um, Ed Oregon will lead his men from Louisiana to Tennessee and destroy the Vanderbilt Commodores. 52 to 10 LSU. It won't be close. Uh, last one. Uh, Virginia get to face the mighty number one Clemson. Clemson, 28-point favorite. Um, let's see if you have anything bold to say on this one. This is the Virginia Clemson game, right? Yeah. Um, this is not gonna be close. Hmm. Um, it's Virginia's first game, and they're playing this Clemson team, who is by far the best team in the nation. They have just shown that they are just dominant. I mean, ah, uh, Trevor Lawrence has been making throws that I don't expect any quarterback in the college realm to make. I mean, the over the and I get it, they played a bad team in Citadel, but there were windows where Citadel actually had it covered for once, and he still fitted in there. I mean, it's it's going to be a convincing Clemson win, and I think 
anyone who thinks that Justin Fields or Trey is a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence, which is beyond me if they even do, this game's going to put it to rest. Yeah, I'm one to say, in my rankings, I had them as 1A and 1B, and I had Fields above partially because I just really hate Trevor Lawrence, but you can't, you're right, you can't deny it. The, guy, the guy's special. Um, Virginia, they lost Bryce Perkins. I really don't think they're a very good team. Clemson, they, they didn't feel like quite putting 60 on him, but 59-16. to 16. Clemson, then from there, that's college. Um, I'll probably post those on the blog. Let's get into the NFL now. I feel like, correct me, I feel like that might be more of your expertise, yeah? Yeah, I'm more of a... NFL guy. More of a pro guy. I that's do a little bit of research for college football this week. Yeah, that's what I'm... Hey, man. That's what the red shirt organization does. We get people to learn. Um, so, we'll look for... I'll, I'll go over some NFL scores to start off this past week. Thursday Night Football, Dolphins took down the Jag convincingly 31-13. Colts ran over your New York Jets. No need to get into that. Lions... Broke their 11-game losing streak. Beat the Cardinals by three. The Bears won because they played the Falcons, and the Falcons are big. Did a typical Falcons. Buffalo Bills beat the Rams by three following, or as a result of a controversial P.I. call um, in the red zone that led to a Bills-Josh Allen touchdown. Uh, Browns beat the football team. Their name is the football team. Um, Vikings... They crumbled. Titans were just able to beat them by a point. Look, there's a chance that neither of those teams play this week. We'll see. Um, Patriots took care of the Raiders. Um, Niners cruised to a victory over an awful Giants team. Uh, Bengals and Eagles tied. Neither team really cared to win. Uh, Steelers beat beat the Texans. Panthers beat the Chargers. Chargers down bad. Um, Buccaneers destroyed a incredibly hurt Broncos team. Seahawks pulled away against the Cowboys in a great game. DK Metcalf stopped celebrating at the goal line. Packers won Sunday night, uh, beat the Saints by seven. And Monday night matchup of between two teams that many consider to be the best in football, it was the Patrick Mahomes show. Them and that Chiefs offense dominated the Ravens. Uh, 34-20 Chiefs kingdom. Let's hop into it. What are some storylines you saw this week? What's up, what are some things you're looking forward to um, this upcoming week? That came out weird. You know what I mean, though. Um, well, Patrick Mahomes won me, won me fantasy this week, so props to him. Russ did the same for me dogs. last week. It was incredible. Nothing like it. Put me at 3-0. and um, No one expected to go there, but here I am, 3-0. and <laughs> A couple things. One, I feel bad for young quarterbacks. And I'll, I'll cite the two New York teams, for example. And they're a little different in the situation. I'll start with the Giants. Um, Daniel Jones, I think he's very talented. Um, he lost one of his biggest weapons for the season in Saquon. His receivers are actually not that bad, but his offensive line is so bad. And I truly think the Giants whiffed on the pick with Andrew Thomas because he has not played well. And in, re- in comparison, Mekhi Becton, one of the best left tackles in the league right now, statistically. Yeah. And they got him at pick 11, I, I believe. Yeah, I mean, it's hard and to quantify, but ultimately. Yeah, I mean, Mekhi's look good. And the thing about Andrew Thomas that everyone said was like, well, maybe he's a, you know, he's kind of a high floor, low ceiling guy. He, I mean, it's evident if you watch them again. Sorry, I feel like I say this every episode. My fridge is going crazy. Um, but he hasn't been that at all. He's just been bad. He hasn't been good. It's the offensive line is 
still been bad. I mean, yeah, ultimately, I mean, look. There's no uh, offensive lineman. It's hard to grade, especially eye test. Um, if you're not an offensive line guy, and it's only been a couple of games, but ultimately the offensive line keeps faltering, and you've seen specifically as Jets fans, Mackay Becton's been great. I've heard good things about Jed Wells. Um, that offensive line, you're right, it, it's bad. Yeah, I think he needs to learn to make better decisions. I don't think he's being forced to do too much. I think he's trying to force himself to do too much. Because they're so bad. And that defense, I think if the Giants get the first overall pick, I know some fans are like, oh, get Trevor Lawrence. You need to give um, Daniel Jones more than two years. I think you trade down, you get defense, because you need defense. Now, for the Jets, it's a little different of a story. Sam Darwin entering his third year. He's shown flashes, and we gave him, I think the Jets gave Sam Darwin their offensive line the last year. I think the Connor McGovern, George Fant, um, and then obviously Mekhi Becton. They've given him a better line. It's not good yet. It's still bad, but it's a better line. And there's the Adam Gates watch. Once players leave, they get better. And I think for Donald's case, I think he needs a new start because the Jets just ruined him. And I'll get into that in my podcast that comes out Friday. But I think if the Jets get the top pick, they go quarterback because next year he gets paid. And the year after that, he gets paid. He gets more expensive. And if you go into his year with t- that much money in the line, I think you got to give him to a team like Pittsburgh or um, the Saints because they can, like, work with them, actually. So I think I feel bad for those quarterbacks. They've been ruined by their franchises. Another big storyline um, is the Falcons that need to fire Dan Quinn. I'll just say it. It's not it abnormal he's choked two games away where he's been up in big leads to Nick Foles out of all people I just think that is just you cannot keep your job after those kind of hurtful losses because your fan base thought you were going to be two and one by now and you're zero and three so I don't see how to keep him after the next couple of weeks I'm with you I mean that's what my notes were that they, they were one of my talking points. The Falcons, they just continue to Falcon. But the one thing you can take from I mean, the offense overall, it's been good. Calvin Ridley, many people had him as a breakout, you know, as a breakout candidate. He's been phenomenal, one of the best receivers now in football. But ultimately, I mean, Dan Quinn needs to be fired. And it's just, it's an Atlanta sports thing. This team should be better, and they just aren't. So, I mean, it's definitely tough. And just going back with the Trevor argument, I just want to make the point of um, in terms of like getting the number one overall pick, the way I see it, um, and it's not necessarily what I would do if I was in charge, but the guy like Trevor Lawrence, I, I would assume what most you know general managers are thinking is that if you have the number one pick, you're bad. You have the opportunity for you know arguably the best quarterback prospect since Peyton Manning. So... I think that the Giants, if they ended up getting the number one pick, I, I think they would take T-Law. Yeah, I mean, you cannot be known as the team that traded out of getting Trevor Lawrence because if by any means he balls out, you're just a bigger laughing stock than the Chicago Bears were for not taking Mahomes or Watson. Yeah. And that's, like, tough to pass. So, and I think general managers know they can't be the guy that passed on Trevor Lawrence. So, Which is hard because I mean, they have to. From a from a general standpoint, I think I mean 
Maybe I'm a bit more of a Darnold homer than you, but like it makes sense in terms of building a team. Well, you trade down, you're able to get a lot of assets, you can draft guys around them, but ultimately it's just not that simple. And while that in theory sounds good, and definitely drafting Trevor Lawrence itself doesn't fix, fix the problem. You still have to build your foundation around it. But it, it just it doesn't work itself out like that. So. Just, yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think you can't bet your career on Sam Donald hasn't proved that he's worthy of a career bet. So, like you said, it'd be a lot easier like to not have this issue and just trade down and get picks and build around Sam. But at this point in the scenario where you throw two picks – They'll try three picks, two pick sixes, and then take a sack in the end zone. You just can't bet on that yet. And I think once Gase is gone, whether it be Friday morning or seven weeks from now, yeah, I'm pulling you up have to one. Journal after Gase. Yeah, I'm gonna pull up to one jet, one Jets drive. Pull up with my fire Adam Gase <laughs> sign. Jets Twitter was going crazy. Jets oh, Twitter, so God, quite a place it is. Jets Twitter. Um, other things I said. Well, you already hit on it. Jets suck um fire adam gaze and then right now to me it really I, I still love my cardinals cardinals had a loss um this week but the two best teams in football to me thus far outside of you know the defending champions seahawks and packers have looked incredible they look like the clear clear front runners in the nfc and look it's very early but both of them have looked incredible in their games they have a lot to improve no question seahawks uh, pass rush hasn't quite been there. Packers, they've been doing this without Devontae Adams. They're, they've looked really good to me, and I, I was a little bit hesitant on the Packers this year. I saw a little bit of regression, but A-Rod's looked great. The the Seahawks are letting Russ cook, and it's been, it's been fun to watch. Thank the Lord Russell Wilson is my fantasy quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, what I, I feel mean, like as Jets yeah, fans, I'm a like Packers fan, and it's I hate hearing it because they're three and zero. I'm zero three, and it's just tough. But they are one of the best teams in football, and everyone mocked them for their draft. And yeah, none of those picks hit yet, but they look so good. Yeah, I mean, Without... if it's an NFC Championship, the Seattle versus Green Bay, I think Seattle takes it still, anyways, because Green Bay just loves choking those away. But they're great teams. Yeah, I mean, it's early. You can't make too many, you know, you can't read into too much of it, but they have looked good. And uh, I was just thinking about, I mean, as Jets fans, I feel like we're, we might even be more invested in fantasy and we don't have to worry about, like, going against our team and such just because, I mean, we, <laughs> we we know what's happening. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go diving in, into these picks unless you have any objections. Nope. All right, Thursday night football. Your New York football Jets host the Denver Broncos. I think it is so funny, the Thursday night trailers that act like there's big football going on in New York City. It's not. You got the gauntlet matchup of Brett Ripien versus a banged-up and poorly coached New York Jets team. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> It's a joke of a game, and I think I'll give two answers. What I want to happen and what I think will happen. What I want to happen is the Jets lose by 30 and Adam Gates is fired tomorrow morning, Friday morning. And I can get to a podcast happily saying that Adam Gates is no longer our coach. What I think is going to happen and what the Jets' luck's going to be is we're going to beat them in an ugly game. And Chris Johnson's going to come out Friday morning and say, look, he can win a game. He's our guy. And I'm going to want to just pass away at that point because I don't know what I'll do. Because you cannot keep a guy because they beat another 0-3 team 
banged up team that's worsely hurt than you. And that's hard to say because we're a hurt team. Yeah. $53 million of their cap space on the Denver Broncos are I on I saw IR. that. That's, that's mind-boggling. Um, it's crazy. So I don't think – I don't know how you could hang your hat on that game, even if they win. I think it's a 10-day 10, 10 week. You fire them, you figure it out, and you go from there. Is Chris John, Christopher Johnson that capable? No, so it's not going to happen. But that's what I want to happen. I have the Jets win in this game. Yeah, so – who would have thought, especially like when you're looking at the schedule before the season, last Thursday night we had the Dolphins and Jaguars. That looked like it was going to be awful. It ended up being a little more exciting. This one's going to be absolutely disgusting. And while you make fair points that the Jets are the lesser of the Hurt teams, I can't pick the Jets. I, I have no <laughs> business ever picking the New York Jets. So I'm taking the Broncos in a sloppy one, 16-10. Brett Ripien, I'm pretty sure he went to Boise State, so similar colors with the Denver Broncos. That's what I'm going based on. And, I mean, Jets. Sell the team to Gary V, for God's sake. <laughs> Give me Gary V. I agree. Oh, that'd be so fun. I, I Brett Ripien is um, related to the wrestling quarterback who won two Super Bowls, so let's see that Ripien on the field and rip open the Jets and drop four touchdowns in our head. And please, please, from any Jets fan, we are Broncos fans Thursday night. Yeah. Well, except, I mean, let Sam cook, of course. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, you know, it's, it's all, it's so hard. Like, do you, like, rooting to lose, but to win. Like, you want to lose, but you want good perform. Like, it's such a cluster. It's terrible. I, I, like, it, I just you need to. You should not be rooting against your own team, but here we are. Yeah. That, it shows bad. Whatever. Um, Colts. Coming off the dismantling, or, oh, skipped one. Uh, Cardinals, three-and-a-half-point favorites going to Carolina. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I think Carolina's not there yet where they can beat a team with the Cardinals. I think they just weren't prepared for a team um, like Detroit, and they should have been. I think it's one of those games that happens every year where one team's not, not paying attention, they're not prepared enough, and they get too cocky and they lose. Carolina, not Carolina, sorry. Cardinals are probably mad about that. They prepared their butts off this week. I think they'll win. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, first off, I'll say I think I I think I underrated the Panthers a little bit in the sense that I I knew and I think most people understand that there's not a lot of talent there. Offensively, there's a little bit. CMC's done for the year, but wide receiver-wise, you have DJ Moore, have Robbie Anderson, Teddy Bridgewater's fine. Defensively, I mean, the cupboard is empty. It's totally empty. But what I really think I underrated was the coaching staff from Matt Rule. And that that's what's going to keep them slightly afloat and competing in games. I don't think they're going to be good, but they'll compete. In this instance, Kyler Murray struggled last week. Just made some poor decisions. Didn't, didn't play up to his game. But I would say overall I'm not concerned. I think he's great. DeAndre Hopkins has been usual DeAndre Hopkins dominating the league. Um... I got the Cardinals bouncing back, um, covering the spread pretty easily. 34-23 Cardinals in Carolina. Now we have the Colts, the dismantlers of the Jets, then again who wouldn't, as two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against possibly the worst 3-0 team ever, the Chicago Bears. Or will they be the worst 4-0 team? Go ahead. Um, one, one quick mention. The Jets play the Chiefs at some point this season. Oh. And to all fancy owners, you start every single player who's playing that game because that's going to be 
like a college football game. They should let Tyreek play quarterback. They should let Tyreek play quarterback. <laughs> Stuart Madison out of the Wildcat. No, they could literally the run. Play. I feel like they could genuinely run Wildcat on us. Or if they want, they could literally just have Tyreek throw. Put yeah, Mahomes or, or put Mahomes at running back. He'll truck through the front seven. All right, in the in the smack talk of the Jets, <laughs> we, could, we I said um, we could do it on and on. This game, um, I don't think the Bears win. They've had their run. They play. They play. Who do they play again? Well, they had the Falcons last week. Um, what they had the Falcons last week? Week before, they had. Did they have Philly? Who? I I, I don't. Let's see. Uh, they had the Giants. That's what it was. They had the Giants the week before. They barely beat the Giants. So, uh, yeah, I don't think they win. I think and the then they beat the Lions. Good. And then they beat the Lions because the because carry on or no, DeAndre Swift dropped a touchdown. Oh my gosh, I think the Colts win. They're a good offensive team. They're a good defensive team. They're just a solid team. They have a great ownership. And this Jets are trying to model like a B Tech team. They have like what twenty ex Colts on the team. Yeah, basically. Um, I think, yeah, I think Colts will win. Not dominating fashion, but, I mean, I think they'll win. Yeah. I don't think you'll be listening, but to a specific Bears fan, Bears aren't good. If you're listening, you know who you are. Um, Colts two <laughs> and a half point. Colts, Colts two and a half point favorites. It's the Bears, so they'll keep it close. And I don't think the Colts are the kind of team that typically against a non-awful team are going to be able to dominate. I have the Colts squeaking it away 20 to 17. Um, next, you got what seems that probably won't be most watched football, uh, Jaguars and Bengals. Bengals are three-point favorites at home. Um, I think Joe Burrow gets his first win, finally. I hope they do. Actually, no. I, I think they will. I want Jacksonville Jaguars to win. But I think Bengals will win because there's a more talented team. They have better, they have a, not a better core, but a more structured core for um, Joey, I want the Jaguars to win, so they're not zero and four. No, they won a game. Sorry, didn't matter then. Um, <laughs> I think I think Bengals will win. Um, yeah, I think Joey B's gonna ball out. I'm with you. Close game, because ultimately I don't think the Bengals have enough talent to dominate anyone. But I Joe Burrow's been making plays with absolutely nothing around him, at least offensive line wise, and. You know, because you, you can show. Joe Mixon's been bad this year, and it's because, I mean, they're running for their lives. Nonetheless, Jaguars team, I mean, I think they're coming back to reality. I still believe in Minshew to a degree. I don't think it's necessarily because of Minshew. But I, I give, give me Joe Burrow's first pro win, 26-20 Bengals. Um, Browns, Cowboys. Cowboys, four-and-a-half-point favorites. I got Browns. Um, I think the Browns team is clicking. I think Kevin Stefanski is have, doing a great job with getting Burrow comfortable. and Not Burrow, sorry, Baker Mayfield comfortable. And I think the running attack from Chubb and um, the best kicker in the NFL are doing is just very good. Um, they're both starting my fans, so I hope they do well. But I think they're just a better coach team. I think they're going to be a better structurally team, so I think they'll win a close game. Wait, who's their kicker? Oh, they're running back, too. Ah! Oh. 
<laughs> that took me a second. I was like, what? I was, I was like, did they have, like, did they sign, like, Cody Park here, like, a meme? I did, I, <laughs> that, that took me a second. Um, yeah, I don't particularly care for Baker as a quarterback, but he's in a position to succeed. Their running backs are incredible. They have two very solid wide receivers. I think the defense can get it done. I reserve the right to not think they will go on a total tear uh, to continue the season, but I do have the Bears winning on the road, uh, 27-23. to 23. Uh, Next, got the Saints. Been a little disappointing. They're four-point favorites um, in Detroit against the Lions. Ah, uh, the Saints win. Yeah, I mean, for me it's hard. <laughs> I mean, look. It's ultimately the Lions. I, I, I said it in my preseason predictions. They're not a team that lacks talent. But the way that the Saints have underachieved a little bit, you got to feel like they're breaking out. Um, whether it be with Michael Thomas or without, I think they're able to get their redemption against the Lions. I don't think it's going to be a blow-up by any means, but I haven't won them by a touchdown. 27-20. This one... it. We don't know the entire status of it. Sounds like it definitely won't be played Sunday, but possibility of being played Monday or Tuesday. Um, we'll pick on it anyways. Uh, Steelers, Titans. The NFL did come out and say it was not going to be played Monday. Sorry, Sunday. They were they were going to play Sunday. Yeah. So I, that's why I. They, it was just rumors, but I'm pretty sure they said Monday and Tuesday are options. It have to get a little bit flexible otherwise. But yeah, we'll we'll pick on it anyways. Um. I have the Steelers winning this game. I think their defense is elite. I think Big Ben's good enough. Um, I think Juju asking for Sam to come to Pittsburgh is funny, but realistic. Um, I think they'll do fine. They have a good coach. They have a good offensive line. They have a good receiving core. They have a good defense. Um, They're a a well-put-together team. And they finally have a good quarterback that's not hurt. So they'll win that game. I agree with most of the points you made, but I'm taking the Tennessee Titans. I agree how great the Steelers' defense, it's incredible. Also, I think it should be Juju to New York instead of Sam to Pittsburgh, <laughs> but I, di- I digress. Um, I just I like the Titans' ability to throw the ball and run the ball. Derrick Henry hasn't been necessarily dominant this year, but he's ultimately you got to hone in on Derrick Henry or he's going to make you pay. And that play-action ability of Ryan Tannehill, I think they can get it done enough. I don't think they're going to play necessarily a dominant offensive game, but take advantage of a couple Big Ben mistakes. They're able to neutralize a little bit of that. I, I think Juju Juju's great, but I don't, I don't think Juju can sustain um, incredible game after incredible game. So I have the Titans taking it away, if it's ever played, uh, 22-17, low-scoring affair. Um, next, got the Seahawks. Um, only a six-and-a-half-point favorite going to Miami playing the Dolphins. How? I, maybe, maybe it's updated. I let me, let, I'll check it again. But when I sent this to you, what was it? Was it last night? I yeah. said they, it is, yeah, six-and-a-half-point favorites to the Seattle Seahawks. What does Russ got to do, man? What's he got to do? This is going to be a blowout by Seattle. I, I feel so bad for Russ. I mean, he does so much, and he still gets disrespected. So, they'll blow him out. Let Russ cook. Or is it let Russ eat? 
I think Russ Ruck let Russ cook. Okay, that's what I thought. I wasn't sure. Um, if I was a betting man, and if I, I guess, was a legal age to officially bet, I would, I would take all of my money, go to Vegas, and throw it on the Seahawks minus six and a half. You know, I, I see people do, like, locks of the week, like, whether, like, you know, spread regardless just outright. I think this is lock of the week, including spread. I think the Seahawks will absolutely annihilate the Dolphins. The Dolphins' defense cannot stop the Seahawks' offense. I mean, maybe the Seahawks' defense has been a bit shaky, but Dolphins aren't by any means a great unit. Seahawks blowout, 45-13. to 13. That is many six-and-a-half points. Combined. <laughs> yeah, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it's the same thing every year. He balls for the first three, four games, and then he crumbles. I think this is a game he crumbles, and we might see two of them on Sunday. We have there's an opportunity where they are in garbage time, or they are down by a lot, and they just want to see what he looks like. He might be out there, and I think it's interesting to see how he'll do because we've seen that every other rookie quarterback so far. We've seen. Aside from Jordan Love, which he won't play for a while, but we've seen Joe Burrow, we've seen um, the quarterback from Oregon. I think Justin Herbert. I think yeah. this is a game where you could see Tua. You might not, um, but I would look for that. But I think the Seattle will just, just destroy them. Yeah, look, I'm a Seahawks, or I was about to say Seahawks. I'm a Jets fan, but obviously, as an Alabama fan, I love Tua. It's kind of hard, like finding that balance of when you go to the guy, because you know what you're getting with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but they play a tough uh, Seattle team. And I just looked the week after it, it doesn't get much easier. They play San Francisco banged up, but nonetheless San Francisco. I'm very interested to see when it's two a time. Um, doesn't matter, though. It'll still be Seahawks big. Um, Chargers and Buccaneers. Bucks are seven-point favorites over the team that many said Tom Brady would end up landing with. Um, I think Tampa Bay wins this one. I think that they're finally clicking. Um, just looking up a quick thing. Yeah, I think. Look, Joe, Justin Herbert had a good. Had a good. Uh, they don't. What? Who are they playing again? It's showing me the Chargers. That's on October fourth. Is it already October? It is. It well, it's oh September thirtieth today. Oh wow! Well. Yeah. All these games, October 4th, it doesn't feel like it. It's spooky Holy season. Cow. Well, um, I think Herbert, he does fine, but this is a Buccaneers game to lose. I think they're clicking now. They're getting their groove. So, I have Buccaneers win this one. So, for me, this is kind of like a win worlds collide thing. Obviously, as a San Diegan, I despise the Chargers, everything Chargers. But also, as a Jets fan, I, I despise Tom Brady as well as Rob Gronkowski. So, part of me is like, the Chargers are coming off a bad loss. It, they, they're kind of a sneaky candidate to win this game. But ultimately, the Buccaneers are just the better team. I think Herbert plays a solid game. But I have the Buccaneers sneaking away 24-20. to 20. Um, Then we got one. that This line seems a bit more fitting for the matchup. Uh, the Ravens, coming off a tough Monday night. 13-point favorites going to the football team. I mean. Yeah, I mean, Haskins is just not good. Um, who has been good is their defensive line. I think it's going to struggle a little bit. Uh, but look, 
you have to give credit to Kansas City for locking down a guy like Lamar Jackson. I mean, 90 passing yards, I think, or is it like 109? Yeah, I believe it was around 90, yeah. Um, they locked him down. So, I think Lamar's angry, that team's angry, and they're going to come out and just feast. So, they're going to win by a good margin. Yeah, that's what I actually just changed this because, I mean, I think it was way too generous with Washington on this one. Um, the Ravens are a very good team. They ran into another very good team in the Kansas City Chiefs. And it unfortunately has brought back all of social media, calling Lamar Jackson a running back. He's not a running back, and this is still a phenomenal football team. And I'm not talking about the football team. I'm talking about the Ravens. Dwayne Haskins is garbage. Ravens by double digits, 30-10. to 10. Uh, This one, I, I believe, is still being played, but I put it as a TBD when I sent it to you because I know the Vikings played the uh, played the Titans, but it seems it's going to go on. You got the Vikings um, against the Texans. Yeah, so the Vikings players took their chance. They got cleared, so they should be good to go for Sunday. Um, you never would have thought that you'd be seeing an 0-3 matchup of the Vikings and the Texans. Now, people saw Texans going 0-3. They had a tough start. Ravens, Chiefs, Pittsburgh. I mean, that's just not fair. Vikings, however, different story. They just underperformed. Kirk Cousins is doing Kirk Cousins things. I have I never agree with any team signing Kirk Cousins back when he was a free agent. I knew it was not going to play well. The Jets almost signed him, and I was going to be very pissed because yeah. he would have ended up in this situation. Cap hell and a bad quarterback. Now we have a bad quarterback and no cap hell, so at least we save some money. Um... <laughs> I think the Texans win this one. They get their first one of the season. And I think Vikings fans are going to cry themselves to sleep Sunday. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a massive Texans hater. I feel like I say this, I'm a blank hater. I just don't think the Texans are a particularly good football team. I think Deshaun Watson's good, but I think I think he's a little bit overrated, whether that be based on his skill or based on the fact that he has no one around him. I have, I really don't believe... In the offense, I think Deshaun Watson's a good player, but I don't think I don't feel he has the pieces around him. And I I don't know. There's just no facet of this Texans team that I particularly love. And Kirk Cousins has struggled, but I still am a big fan of Dalvin Cook. Um, and I just think the Vikings are a better team as a whole. So I have the Vikings, uh, twenty four fourteen. Um, next, um, this is another big line game. The lowly New York Giants head west. Uh, they get the Los Angeles Rams, who are 12-point favorites. Now, I hope the Giants win this game. I really do. But they're not. This isn't going to be all the Rams. Um, it depends on how badly they get beat. But the two worst football teams in the NFL happen to be both in New York City. So, what are you going to do? Uh, they're going to get beat. If they can pull out a win here, awesome for them. Even better for the Jets. But I don't think they'll win. I think they'll get beat badly. And I think both teams will be entering week four, week five, 0 and 4. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I guess we're, we're spinning literally everything. Jets, sorry. I mean, just kind of <laughs> what happens when you put two people who have a common misery. It, it's kind of a win win for us Jets fans. Either the Giants lose, which is always terrific, or they win and we get ourselves in better draft position. Um, I don't see a path to the Giants winning. I think the Rams are a really good football team that many underestimated, including myself. NFC West is incredible. Um, Giants, not not so good. Uh, Rams, 
Don't even give him give up a touchdown. Twenty seven to nine. Um. Then we got we got a good we got a really good one. Um. The Chiefs hosting the Patriots. Chiefs are a touchdown favorite coming off big Monday night. Um. I think if Mahomes wants to be an MVP this year, he has to play like he did last night against the the Patriots again. I mean. The Patriots, I hate them less because Tom Brady's not there. I respect what they've done with um, Cam Newton. I think it shows how good of a coach Bill Belichick is. I think it's a close game. I think it's within seven. But I think I had the Chiefs win this one. I'm with you. I think it's going to be a really close one. Because for me, the Patriots, on paper, they're not an incredible team. It feels like, especially with some opt-outs, injuries, just a bunch of different things. They they just didn't look at like as talented of a team, but it's you can't you can't say that with Bill Belichick. Chiefs they just they clicked so much offensively. I was I was talking with friends during the game, and the way that they draw up plays, some of their screen plays, these misdirections, it's beautiful. Get send me Eric Bieniemy to the Big Apple, and Chiefs. I have them taking a very good game. I was surprised this wasn't Sunday night. I guess. Ultimately, they don't want those teams playing every single Sunday night. Uh, I do have the Chiefs taking it 34-32. Yeah, I, I'm going to get hate for this. I am not the biggest Bianami fan. He is not my first guy. Um, and I have my, my short list. I would say I want a play caller rather than a, a mind. So the guy like Arthur Smith from Tennessee Titans, he's the play caller for the offense. Eric Bianami's not the play caller for for Kansas City. Robert Saul is the play caller for San Francisco. Um, and then college coaches as well. I don't know. He just... We've gone through an offensive mind once that didn't do much. I just don't want to see it again. <laughs> We've also had some defensive coaches and haven't had success recently in total. But I think it ultimately boils down to just, you know, the franchise being awful. But, again, I mean, we keep, yeah. we keep coming back to it. We can go off into a full-blown tangent. Uh, back to the actual task at hand. Bills, uh, three-point favorites, uh, going to the Death Star, facing the Raiders, um, Sunday afternoon. Uh, three points is not fair with the Bills have done this year. I hate the Bills with the passion. And I hate Josh Allen with the passion. But he has looked as every bit of what he could have possibly been coming out of the draft. I think even more. No one expected this kind of season in Josh Allen's third year. He's just looked electric. He's making plays with his feet. He's reading defenses. Now his turnovers is an issue. He's doing too much still. I think Brian Dabble has kind of honed in a little bit. Also a guy I like for the Jets head coach position. But nonetheless, they look really good. I think they went by more than three. I think the Raiders got not lucky, but they, they lucked out against the Saints. So I don't think they'll continue that kind of play. And I think the... um The... Oh, gosh. Blanked. Um... Bills. The Bills will take this. <laughs> I totally agree with your first part. I also despise the Bills. I despise Josh Allen even more. But I don't have them winning like you do. Um, I think Josh Allen's been good, but ultimately, um, I don't think he's been quite as good as maybe the box score shows. He still has turnover issues. He misses simple throws. And look, I, I hate Josh Allen. There's bias in it. I'm not taking away from that he's been great. But I think he still will make mistakes, and in the in a high leverage situation, if they get there against the Raiders, 
I think I think maybe a mistake goes the Raiders way. Have the Raiders beaten them by five, twenty six, twenty one? Yeah, I mean, when you fumble twice and still win, it's a testament how how good your their defense is and how good their offense rebound. Um, yeah, like you said, one mistake like that can really change the game. So it'll be a, an odd game, really a close game, but I do think the Bills will win this one. Yeah. Um, Sunday night football. Uh, we have a banged up and underperforming Eagles team versus simply a banged up 49ers team. Uh, Niners are seven point favorites. Once again, I hope the Eagles win. <laughs> I really do. Um, I don't think they will. I think the 49ers win this one. I think it's a battle of coaches. And I think Doug Peterson could be on the chopping block this year, which would surprise a lot of people coming in. But, I mean, he'd be a... Uh, an A-tier, prime coaching spot for any team that needs a coach next year if he gets dropped. But I think that uh, Carson Wentz is just not the Carson Wentz we all know. And I think the coaching by Kyle Shanahan, he has proven the past two, week, three weeks, he is that kind of coach. He is a game-changing coach. Like, he can make a team that's not hurt a good team. So I think they win in an ugly fashion, but they'll get it done. I'm, uh, I'm totally with you. I honestly, I'm not, Doug Peterson, it's interesting. Um, It's just interesting. The Eagles have been very interesting for a while. I was always, I I still am a big fan of Carson Wentz, but he has not looked right this year. They've had some injuries, but ultimately they were banged up last year too, and he still looked very good. Niners are banged up, but they're so deep. Um, I mean, they have a, I mean, when you look at their backups, they have some great backups defensively, even while being banged up, plenty talented. Not, not as exciting of a Sunday night as some of the past ones. Uh, I have the Niners winning a sloppy one twenty-two to seventeen. Then Monday night football, the Atlanta Falcons. Be wary of picking them. Face the Green Bay Packers. Packers are oh, seven and a half point favorites. Yeah, I gotta shoot out Packers way. I just. I don't know how they can win with with Dan Quinn on their team, either coach, because I, I don't know how you choke the Super Bowl and then you choke twice in a row and you're not fired. So I have the Packers winning this game in demanding, and not demanding, in a shootout, but also in demanding fashion at the same time. I got Packers. I am, you know... I'm going to do the unthinkable. Oh, my. Atlanta Falcons. And you Where know they what? They're, they're playing in Green Bay. Oh and that is God, why I'm chance. taking the Packers. <laughs> I have the... I Okay, first off, I have the Falcons winning to begin with. I have them winning 31-30. to 30, And hear me out on this one, okay? Hear me out. I have them winning 31, correct? Yes. So... To begin the game, they will be down twenty-eight to three, correct? And then they you're come saying, up, and then no, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. They're down. They, the Atlanta Falcons, are down twenty-eight to three. They're on the phone. They're ready to fire Dan Quinn, and then out of nowhere, they storm this comeback. Matt Ryan does get sacked, and it's a safety, so the Packers get to thirty. But then the Falcons, it is thirty to twenty-eight. Five seconds left. Out trots, young ho, young ho, coo, the goaded kicker. They come back. 
they win it. The prophecy is fulfilled. Everything comes full circle. And then the Falcons go on to never lose another football game. Falcons, 31 to 30. I'm doing the unspeakable. Sounds like the Jets' worst nightmare. Nightmare. They're down and they come back and they keep their coach. This is not going to happen. Um, <laughs> the fact that you think they can come back from a lead, let alone keep a lead, is ridiculous. Hey, because hey, they I, can't. <laughs> I just think I, I'm saying they're winning, and I'm saying you know I I kind of I'll be 100 percent honest with you. I wrote down this prediction. I had, I did have them winning 31-30, and I was like, oh, 31. So then I kind of just came up with this whole elaborate thing. No, I'm sticking with it, though. If this exact scenario happens, I would like to have a book written about me. I would like to have a book written about happen. me. I would like to see me on the front page of every newspaper. Quote me. Give me the clout. It, it's happening. Write it down. If you can do some form of a prop bet and write in your own thing, do it. So you this think is- that the Green Bay offense will only score three well, okay, no, sorry. You think they'll score 28 points in the first half and then only score th- two more in the second half? Yeah, Mark, I, I don't know the exact timing, <laughs> but yes, there will be a point. Oh, oh, shoot, I just I just realized something flawed. Because What's if flawed? they were down 28 to 3, how, how would Young Hoku be kicking it? So I guess I'm going to have to revise it, right? No, he would be, because if it's 28 to 30. A field goal wins it. You're right. You're right. I overthought that. You're totally right. Matt Ryan throws for a touchdown to Calvin Ridley. I guess I should have specified that in there. And then outtrots Young Hoku. Nails the field goal. Rodgers can't hit the Hail Mary. The Falcons win. Back to what I was saying. Um, Why not? Tell me why not. I mean, that would be a great storyline. But (laughs) it's just... Not, not in the factors. Look, I end up, I end up, my picks end up probably being wrong in some form. I mean, maybe I'm not taking a gimme this week in this one, but I am doing it. I am, I am breaking the norms. I am taking an Atlanta sports team, mainly because they have no business winning this game. Everyone's expecting they have no business to win this game. All the other ones. They should have won. Everyone, maybe not expected, but they were definitely thought into this. This one, I think everyone outside of myself is in agreement it will be the Packers. So, that's exactly why I'm taking the Falcons. Um, call me a madman. It's okay. Sit, call me a madman when you see me on the front of the Wall Street Journal, on ESPN. <laughs> Do it. Uh, <laughs> I think that should just about wrap up this episode. Do you have anything else to add on? Um, go Jets. Podcast comes out Friday. It'll be either a sad one or a happy one. Uh, we'll see. Sad, and, sad, um, sad indicative of that we won and Adam Gase still has his job. Happy if yeah, we lose yeah, and he yeah. gets fired. Happy as we lose and he's gone. Sad if we win and he's still here. Which is so weird to say, but that's the world we live in as a Jets fan. Yep. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I'll link everything in the description. Give it a check out if you're a fan of miserable sports fans talking about their miserable teams. It'd essentially be the tangents we go off, you know, during this episode, except that's actually the point of the podcast. Um, so I'll, I'll link all that in the description when that comes out. Um, in terms of me consistently plugging my stuff, um, make sure you check out the blog, the redshirt.blog. I'll probably post uh, these picks in article form. I'm trying to keep up with the MLB 
um, all that good stuff. Follow the Instagram at the.redshirt. If you choose to follow the Twitter, which I really have not used as much as I would like, it's, it's, it's very hard being the sole member of, a, of, of an organization with many different moving parts. But if, you, if you want to follow the Twitter and be ahead in case I ever um, return to trying to post on Twitter, um, that'll be uh, at the Redshirt blog. And that'll just about be all for this episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Thanks for coming on here, Chris. Thanks for having me. Sounds good. See you guys next time.